Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Artsy Fartsy Immigrants. Alright guys, welcome back to the show. We got a brand new episode today. Lots of things to talk about. Hopefully it's going to be a lot of fun and also just sort of informational because we got a lot of things to cover. Um, first off, how are you? Mm-hmm. Right. No way. You're kidding. I swear. You said you wouldn't do that anymore. Well, now I have to call the police. It's your fault. I'm sorry. This is for your own good. Anyway... Um, a lot of things to talk about today. Obviously, we have Christmas time coming up. Uh, we're going to have some some trips planned soon. We got a, you know a new house we're moving into. A lot of things happening with that. Um, so we definitely have some things we can just jump right into. Maybe we can just jump right into the topic of the new house. Uh, so for those who don't know, uh, I'm moving into a new house. We bought a house, which is insane. Uh, it's it's in Soln, S-O-L-L-N, which is a little uh, sort of suburban neighborhood, um, which is still Munich. It is still the city of Munich, um, but just at the end <laughs> before it's not Munich anymore. So um, it, it does, you do feel that distance from it. That's the only thing that concerns me still. But, you know, that concern dwindles less and less the more time I spend at the house, which I think is a good sign. I think the only real problem, not problem, but the only real fear or concern that we have about being there is the the fear that people won't visit us. Um, and I know that probably sounds silly to any friends or people uh, listening, uh, but you know, it is a concern when you, when you move. So, I mean, we're in like center city. We are two train stops from the dead center uh, of the city, and you can walk there in like 15 minutes. It's unbelievable. We're in such a nice neighborhood, and the apartment that we're in is big. We're, we're very lucky from Munich. You know, we know that. And also, like, we live almost in the center of the city, but this little street that we're on uh, is such a quiet, relaxed, um, very calm little street. It's somehow like a little oasis outside of the confines of, of the loud, bustling, bustling Munich, bustling city, but still somehow, um, you're so close to everything, but it's quiet, you know, and that's kind of special. And that really drew us also to the apartment when we first uh, discovered it a few years ago. But I will definitely miss this apartment. You know, this was really home, for me in, in Germany. I lived, the first place that I lived in uh, when I first moved was this tiny, tiny little apartment that we shared with a third person. It was uh, just a short walk up the hill from where I am now near um, Tegenseelandstrasse. It was on Tegenseelandstrasse. And um, I'm trying to think of the the U-Bahn, Silberhornstrasse, maybe? I think that's the U-Bahn that's one more away, one the next train stop. Um, but you can walk. It just takes a few minutes, and it's really um, a fantastic location. Again, just one train stop away, so still just three stops from the dead center. And um, 
you know, a beautiful area. Tegensee Landstrasse is a cool street. There's a lot of great, there's restaurants, there's shopping, there's grocery stores, there's bars, there's uh, all kinds of things in and around that street. So it wasn't as if there wasn't, I had the feeling that when I lived there and looked out the window that I was in a city and that was kind of cool. Um, that That is the biggest benefit I have to say of that apartment. Um, downsides being we had to share it and it wasn't so big and it was on the fifth floor of an older building that did not have an elevator. So anytime that you got any groceries or picked up any food or when you ordered something, God forbid the poor bastard would have to come all the way up the five, you know, five floors or whatever with whatever food you'd ordered. And you just hope that, you know, you're like, okay, we got to tip this guy like five euros here because of the effort, you know, you don't want him to, to like, I don't know, you don't want him to fall or like get exhausted. One time we ordered uh, a pizza or something, uh, surprise, and I, I heard the delivery person take a break on the third floor. I heard them take a breather like, <sighs> okay. And then like back up these old crickety wooden steps. And we also shared it with an absolutely crazy person. We shared it with someone who's not in our lives anymore, thankfully. This crazy woman named Sarah. Um, she, I would say is, because I assume that she will never change. But I can say she was an extraordinarily self-indulgent narcissistic um, quote artist, unquote, you know, someone who really, really needs you to know that they're very creative and very artistic. Um, she lived, so we had kind of a little upstairs in the apartment. It felt more like an attic. I think I only went up there maybe two or three times max in the few months that we lived there because, you know, it was her space. And one time I went up there with her because she volunteered to take some photos of me. Uh, for my music stuff and that was nice and everything and you could you could access the roof and sit on the roof of this building which that was also very cool um but she herself turned into a very manipulative strange um controlling contrived um like really highly narcissistic person um who i just really didn't enjoy the company of um, and she was one of those people who was just like a little too cool and really looked down on people for, or looked down on people like me. Uh, I always felt that way. Although she was nice when we spoke, it was always just very strange. I felt like, and, um, she didn't, you know, Efi and her didn't get along so well towards the end. They had the kind of a falling out. So like whenever Sarah would come down the stairs to go do something in the kitchen, we would just lock ourselves in our room. Um, and that's also part of it, you know, like being an adult who goes from living in a, like a four or five bedroom house with a friend, having their own room, uh, moving into a very small apartment on the fifth floor with a weird person. And you're sharing the only room that you have because the, the only really living room is kind of a shared office with the crazy lady that now you don't any, like no longer want to share that space with her. So she resides upstairs in her cave, um, you know, casting curses and w making witchcraft and voodoo or whatever she did, skinning cats and boiling spiders. And then, you know, in our main room, no one uses it. We had, there was a piano sometimes we'd use. And then, yeah, and then our little bedroom, we just kind of crammed all of our own individual things into both corners. Like, that's your space, that's my space. And 
it just didn't really feel, it never really felt like home, you know? And then, you know, we cut to, you know, whatever, six months, seven months later, uh, maybe a little longer. Then we're looking for a new apartment. We're getting out. Um, we have this opportunity. We have this chance in this window to get a new apartment and a place where we can really like, you know, spread our roots a little bit. Like I actually thought we would be at this apartment for even longer but obviously, um, it just there's just not enough. At some point, there's just not enough space. And with, you know, we 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 had the opportunity to find an apartment, and you know, then we found this one, and it you know it's like quadruple the size of the one that we were sharing with a third person. So it felt so amazing to have this open space. Um, you know, I do a lot of the episodes of this show from um, the bedroom of this apartment because there's enough space for me to have basically my my own little studio office, uh, in the corner of this. If I know a few people listening have been in my home and you know that, you know, the, the bed is sort of in the middle, like classic feng shui. And on the left is, you know, the closet space and the, we now we have the piano in here. And then on the far right is like my guitars and my books, my little bookshelf and my desk and the printer and sort of all my gear sort of stacked up here. But now even it starts to feel like there's not enough space for what we've accumulated over time. Um, and it just is that way. But I'm going to miss this apartment. <laughs> God, that's what the point I was trying to make from the beginning, but I just never got around to it. I will miss this apartment. I really will. I really feel like as an immigrant who moved somewhere else, this was really like home. When I would travel somewhere, uh, especially if I traveled around Europe for any reason, and we came back to this apartment, once all my stuff was put away and I just lounged at this desk that I'm at now, or if I lounged on the bed or in the sofa in there with the projector on watching a movie or something, that really just felt like oh, home, you know? And that's really hard to come by. It's hard to feel. It's not always an easy thing to feel at home. You know, home is more than just the place. It's the whole philosophy around your happiness and your comfort. And uh, it, it takes a lot of work to find home for your for you, you know. But I am optimistic about this new house. I do think that it can very much and will be very much a great, wonderful home for us. Um I haven't really talked about it too much on the show, I guess, but it's, it's got, um, you know, it's a, it's a house. It's a big house. It's really got a lot of space for us. It's really amazing. There's a dining room, a living room, a kitchen that are all separate rooms, not just the same room. <laughs> that's really funny for me that that's been the same one room for years now, six years. Um, and then, uh, so now they're all three different rooms. There's a, a backyard with, with like, you know, doors, there's like three different entryways out to the backyard, which is really cool. There's, um, entrance to the basement from the front yard and the backyard, like little steps that wind down from the front yard and the backyard. Um, I guess you could say we do have a front yard, but it's very small. It's like a strip. It's like a landing strip of grass, um, that you cross to get around the house. And really the yard is the backyard, but that's also totally fine for me. Um, I can describe it a little bit because I have so many friends who haven't seen it yet. Uh, even my family hasn't seen it yet, but, um, I've talked about it, um, a lot, maybe privately. Basically, yeah, it's this house and this neighborhood Solm that we're moving to, I've heard through the grapevines of the Munich, 
you know, whatever scene, film scene, creative scene, that it actually is kind of becoming a cooler place for, for people, you know, maybe around the millennial generation to, to be moving to. Um, coincidentally, now this is true, and I think it's really wild that this is uh, happening, but like just maybe a few months before we started moving everything in, we found out that the director and the creator of the show that I am the composer for, the show Wrong on RTL Plus, um, the showrunner of that, David, has either bought or or rented like a bungalow house. Um, I mean, his Instagram stories make it look like it's just this huge house. But um, I don't, they say bungalow sometimes, so I'm not really sure what the difference is. I've never Googled bungalow. I just always assumed it was like a beach house or something. I don't know. But they they basically got a place about a five-minute walk from our house, which is wild that that happened within the few months of us, like, setting everything up for this. Uh, it's really crazy. So I actually have a meeting with David on Thursday of this week. Or actually, today, you're listening to it on Thursday, so... If you're listening to it on Thursday, then I have a meeting with him today. And if you're listening to this any other day, then I heard it. I had a meeting on Thursday and uh, I'll, I'll be at the new house letting some painters in and we'll be able to just walk the few minutes over to uh, his house. So that's crazy. That's a kind of a cool coincidence. He and his uh, girlfriend, who is one of the lead actresses on the show. She's also a model, um, of course. <laughs> Her name is Lena. She's very nice. And they, you know, they live there together. And that's with his big uh, dog. And um, yeah, that's off topic, but very cool. So the house, um, it's in this neighborhood. It is a suburb. There's sort of a town around it. So you have like a different, different access of things to go to that aren't in the center of Munich. I like that it's funny that it is still Munich, but there is this like access to other things. Like you don't have to go back to this neighborhood to necessarily go to, you know, the grocery store or the, my mom would know like the Lowe's, like the Home Depot style type of store uh, or the, you know, even everything down to the McDonald's. Like they have their own sort of town of shops and grocery stores and restaurants and um, a lot of things to explore. And just like a two-minute drive from our house is this gym. Uh, coincidentally, also the Fitstar, which was the gym I had a membership to for years here before I retired it during the pandemic. But that means that I have a really good access to a big gym that probably isn't as packed as the one that I went to, which was like right next to Hauptbahnhof, the main station. So that was always kind of a um, really slammed experience for me. It was, it was, I mean, sometimes it was nice, but anyway... Uh, the house is in this neighborhood. It's, uh, you know, it is a straight up suburb, um, but it is cool to see these extra sort of amenities around it that encourage you to think, well, maybe it's not so isolated from everything. And also in this neighborhood, there's a friend of ours who um, she has lived there now with her family, her husband and her daughter for a few years now. And they love it. They said they would never go back. You know, they these guys were like Hauptbahnhof like super dead center Munich party goers. You know, they they went to the clubs as much as they could. They, I think they DJed. Um, they loved living in the center. They knew all the local restaurant people. They knew all the bar people. It was just like, you know, the, they were the people of the city and they moved. And they have a wonderful house, which is really beautiful, a nice garden, very big. 
um, and like a nice home. Although they do share that building with another family, that they have their own garden, which really makes it special. And um, they also really, it's like a two minute walk from our house, these friends of ours. So, you know, now there's, it seems that we're, there's sort of a culture of this happening now at the same time. And it does feel different from this stereotype that you have in your head of like, when I get to a certain age, I will have a family and I'll move to a suburb. You know, like that is kind of what's happening here. Like all these people are, you know, of a certain age where they don't want to live in the center of the city and they want to have their own house. So they move to where it's possible, which the best suburb in Munich to get a house that's still kind of cool is where we all got one, like Oberzendling and, and, and so on. And so it's really, it doesn't feel that we're in that stereotype, but you know, although we are, it kind of just more feels like, wow, this is a great coincidence that we're all doing this. How cool is that? Maybe we can make this neighborhood like really cool and fresh and young uh, until we are no longer those things. Uh, then it will be out of style, of course. Um, where am I going with this? Anyway, the house, sorry, uh, is a beautiful home. It, from the main street, you see you see the gate to uh, the garage, uh, which is cool. I never had an automated like little wooden gate or any sort of gate at all or any sort of automated anything to get to the house. That's a first. It's kind of cool. Um, and there's like a walking path gate that's usually shut. And once you enter, you're, you're looking at the front of the house. Uh, it's two story house, uh, and a garage, um, facing the main street is a huge row of like tall privacy bushes or like privacy trees. So you don't see too much of the house from the main road. Uh, you just see like part of it when my dad visited, uh, or right. No, wait. Yeah. My parents obviously visited together, but it was, that must have been, that must have been November of last year. Is that right? I think November of last year was the last time my parents visited. I'm just trying to remember, but I think so. I think it's been a year. Somehow we already had the house booked by then. It's been so long. Um, that, is that right? Is that really right? That can't be right, huh? I don't think they came this year. If so, I'm really losing my mind. But anyway, um, so my dad came in the car with us. I don't, I think my mom wasn't with us for some reason. And he looked at the front of the house and yeah, you can't see too much of it. But um, anyway, you get past the gate and then like the front of the house to the street on the left side has like a little strip of grass. And the cool thing is from this access, you can go to the left of the front of the house and there's like these steps that go down to to the basement and it enters into the um like we would have a guest room there so you know if my family visits and visits or like my brother or friends or someone and they go do their own thing where maybe on that circumstance we don't want to go you know you want to have a nice cozy night in uh they can come back as late as they want without actually disturbing anybody i mean not that i'm, I'm a pretty deep sleeper anyway but without disturbing the rest of the house. Um, they can just go straight from the front door down to this little entrance and boom, they're in exactly in their uh, guest apartment. And there's a bathroom and shower down there. You know, it's just really convenient. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, uh, but there has been a little edit. Uh, you might notice that the background uh, of, of this audio has just gotten a lot cleaner, a lot calmer, a lot quieter. Um, 
when I started recording this um, yesterday, it, um, you know, it was kind of a, a, it was just a bad time, but I thought maybe I could squeeze it in just before we had plans. But um, yeah, just didn't work out um, that way. But hey, here we are now. And uh, I probably couldn't, I, I probably could have just gotten away with it without mentioning, but you know, I just don't want to lie to the artsy fartsy family. I don't want to try and sneak anything past you. You guys are too smart. You're going to notice. So I'm going to call it out right here at the tip top of the changeover. But um, yeah, you know, I didn't listen back to everything I'd said already about the house, but basically I'm really happy with it. We, we checked it out again this morning, um, how some of the paint is looking. We hired these two guys to come uh, paint uh, some of the rooms and um, I really love it. I, I You know, <laughs> What I missed a lot that I didn't realize I was going to miss a lot about uh, New Orleans once I moved to, I'd say, maybe just greater Europe. It's not it's not even just Germany, but um, is entering into a home that has a lot of color. Um, now, New Orleans is extreme. You can look at a row of houses and see like a yellow house, a red house, a green house with stripes like just it's like candy canes and Skittles. Uh, everywhere, like, uh, like a, like a airplane full of Skittles exploded and the melted Skittles fell out of the sky and, and, and melted this like rainbow liquid over all the houses. Um, but of course you get used to that and the vibrance of it all kind of does change the culture and it brings, you know, it has an effect on your mood and your surroundings. And when I came here, now there are some beautiful buildings, of course, and I mean, some things are so old and you know, it's, there's perks, of course, but it's so different because the majority of sort of general infrastructure or interior design styles in Europe um, for a long time have been kind of what IKEA uh, suggests, which is the Nordic style, and that's a lot of white, gray, and black. And for me, just at some point, I get so burned out on white, gray, black. It just, it's a drag I mean, sometimes it works great, and I don't think it's something that I would suggest just completely ignoring, you know, the foundational basics of, like, a color palette. But when everything is, you know, like, we moved into this apartment, uh, like, six years ago, and we only ever painted or did anything to one room, one wall of one room, and then didn't really change that didn't even really keep that, you know, we painted it back white on top and then added some designs on it. But like, I mean, basically I've just been surrounded by white walls, white hallway, you know, outside my window here, I see the side of a building and it's white with gray balconies. And we have a gray balcony with white walls and white doors. And it's just a lot of like, it's just just bland you know it just kind of it just it's a drag and I would love to see more color of course tasteful it can also very quickly become trashy but I'd love to see more color so that's kind of the goal that we're aiming towards in the new house is that every room for the most part if it works will be um either with some wallpaper uh that you know, has to bring some color and texture into the room or we will paint it. So right now we have a painted dining room and a painted living room, which both came out great. I, I like them a lot. 
And uh, now we bought some new paint today for the office, which should be really nice and sort of like old fashioned feeling. And of course, uh, in the basement, there's two rooms that are mine, which is so crazy. And I can do it however I want. And the freedom of that is as scary as it is extremely exciting. But there will be a room that is just my recording studio where I can do this show in perfect controlled, uh, in a perfectly controlled audio environment. I can record music in a perfectly controlled audio environment, meaning I'm going to pad and protect the, the room wall to wall the way that a studio should be. Put in some cool LED lights that, you know, can change the mood if I'm recording with someone who wants a certain mood. Buy some monitors, make it like a proper thing, put my guitar rack down there and make it a beautiful room for making and creating music. And I think having that space to do that is so special and so rare and I I find it, just the thought of it already very motivating. And then the other room is just like the, a stereotypical, we would call it man cave. Like one room is just for my garbage and my interests and my friends. <laughs> um, and we bought some cool color. Uh, we bought like a nice dark gray, like a rich dark gray. Now I know I just complained about that, but we're also doing it to the ceiling, which I, I always like the idea of having a dark ceiling in a, in a chill room. Basically, it's a it's a little bigger than the studio room, and we're gonna put the we have um, my Christmas gift was um, a sofa love seat combo that we found on eBay for a really like a really good price, and it's black leather, which I know not a lot of people are into leather or like I know a lot I know a lot of people that aren't into that, but for me I don't know I always liked going to a friend's house that had like an old beat up leather sofa. And just kind of sliding around on it. I don't know, especially if it's a cooled room, like a basement room where you're never, your legs aren't sticking to it. It's never getting too hot, but instead just like really cozy. Um, and I bought some cleaner. So I'm, this room will have like these dark gray walls, dark gray ceiling. Um, it's got a deep, it's got a floor, but we're going to put this big um, rug, this old fashioned rug on the floor to cover it. And then the sofa and the love seat, sort of catty cornered with a coffee table, and then a and then a really nice sideboard against one wall that we'll put the I, I got a new TV for that room that we'll put the TV on, and then there's already shelves built in, and we'll you know put the shelf my shelves will have like my books and my records and my games on it, and it'll be sort of like my own little private room that I've always wanted to um, have whenever I go to you know. I've gone to some people's houses here. Um, of course, some you know wealthier people who have their own office at home, and it's so, so special and so warm and inviting. And I'm really excited to have that for myself. Um, and I know that I'm lucky and privileged and in a very special uh, position. So that I don't take it for granted. I'm, I'm very grateful, and um, I understand that you know most people don't get that opportunity. So I'm very grateful for that. Um, and I, and excited to make, make the absolute best out of it and get, get all the, get squeeze every little last drop of, um, I don't know what I'm, what I want out of it. You know, I don't want to settle for something like if I can make something work, I want to make it work. And I think having like sort of a dark gray room, again, I'm going to put some LED, I'll put a couple of cool old fashioned lamps. I think I'm, I'm, you know, I think Ify has some, 
old like 60s furniture that she won't need anywhere else and maybe I can put that in there and having like the old sideboard and um, some nice cool sort of vintage lamps around and then maybe also some LED lights in there that can dial around or match the you can put some LEDs uh, on the back of the TV and they match the co- the general color scheme of what's being portrayed so you can have this whole room filled with the color of what you're watching which is really cool and really exciting um, so I'll probably do that and um, of course have my little m- you know Marshall guitar amp mini fridge down there of course filled with uh, disgusting trashy Jim and Coke uh, pre, pre-made Jim and Coke cans and beer and Coca-Cola and whatever else anybody might want to visit. Um, and I'm just excited to have that space for, I want, this is also like hopefully motivation for friends to visit, um, because of the distance, maybe they know that this is like they're a room completely made for gaming or chilling or watching movies or just drinking beer or something like it's it's the man space i mean and every single gender or identity or preference everything is allowed there and everyone is allowed there but it's my space and that's um really special anyway i've probably dragged on a little too long about this new house and i I really don't want to um sound too spoiled by it all or sound like uh, it's all, I mean, it's kind of all we're thinking and talking about these days, but I will move on, but I just wanted to say, oh, and in the room, (laughs) I will get, uh, I've got some cool posters. I got some really great posters, uh, handmade sort of, uh, you know, original film posters um, as part of a a birthday gift, and uh, we're going to frame them, and I'll have like really great posters on the wall. I want everything to be clean. You know, I want like nice, clean, freshly oiled, smooth surface sofas with nothing, no dirt or chip crumbs on them. I want a nice, freshly clean Marshall Amp, uh, you know, cables all hidden. I want the TV cables hidden. I want everything clean and put it put to the side and, and special and charged and like ready to go. I want the bookshelf looking nice. And I just want you to be able to enter and it feels like, ah, what a nice organized space because I am definitely the cleaner person and the more organized person, if you can really believe that. But I am absolutely 100% that. And um, just basically saying if it wasn't for me, this house would be swimming in garbage. Somebody that I know would be drowning in filth. Somebody that I know would be underground under a pile of trash and dirty dishes. Yeah, if it wasn't for me, we'd be dead. (laughs) No, but that's true. Um, and then downstairs, these two rooms that are mine, they're going to be super clean and, uh, and organized and like everything squared away. And I'm really, really excited about that. And uh, yeah, so that's, you know, basements got the apartment, the two rooms, bathroom, shower. Then you've got stairs that go right out to the backyard or the other stairs that go back into the main floor. There's a foyer, which has the other bathroom. There's a garage entrance kitchen then dining room living room office then upstairs you've got three rooms one of them is very clearly a master bedroom then we've got two other rooms gonna knock out a wall to make everything even and uh, then there's another bathroom shower up there so I'm very excited to show my friends very excited to show my family 
Um, we had a phone call recently with them and they talked about, um, they, you know, what's so exciting is that they brought up their own plans for visiting us next year already. They mentioned it on this phone call and that just brings me so much joy because I, I, I love when it's coming from them. Like, Hey, we're talking already. We're thinking about, you know, late summer or, or whatever works, you know? And that's so, it brings me so much joy because I know it's hard uh, for my family that I, that I move that I live so far away, but the, just the notion that they like are, you know, putting, you know, that's just that the notion that they're like, Oh, of course we're going to come visit. That's just, um, yeah, it goes a long way. I wish more friends did that, but I talked about that on the 12 songs for 12 friends series and we are done with that. So, and we're also done with talking about this house. I don't want to drag things out. Um, so let's move on to, uh, just a few things that we watched recently that are really good. Uh, well, some of them are really good and some of them are like good trashy that I highly recommend. Um, I don't know if it's playing in the cinema still, um, around the area my mom lives, maybe not, but, um, there's this incredible movie. Um, and I have to admit that I didn't know the director before this. I mean, I I had heard of, I knew one movie of his because I've seen the, this certain viral clip from it before. And I knew that the movie existed, but I didn't know who this guy was. I didn't know what his accolades were. And then this new movie, Triangle of Sadness, uh, which has Woody Harrelson in it, along with some really amazing uh, other actors, um, it has just blown me away. It was the first one that I saw of his movies. Um, we've now started going back to watch his uh, his other two. And it's just so good if, if you know if you haven't seen it or if you get the chance to see triangle of sadness it's not a drama it's not a sappy romance it's a really good powerfully written dark comedy uh with some of the best acting you've seen in a long time some of the best like tongue-in-cheek sharp pen writing and it's really funny it's impossible to describe it sort of takes place in three chapters but follows the same people throughout and I, I just don't want to spoil absolutely anything, but it's definitely for me in the top three best movies of the year. Um, it just blew, it just shocked us. Like I've never howled so loud in a cinema, not since, I don't know, when I was a kid and watched, you know, School of Rock or something, but it just, it gave me goosebumps. It, 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 it was so many emotions and it was so exciting and so fun. So Triangle of Sadness is a big recommendation. We also just finished up the second season of the new HBO series, White Lotus. Now, what gets me, like, my, my parents have so many options for TV. They have so many options of all the streaming platforms and everything that they watch. They have a satellite with, I don't know, a thousand channels or whatever. Somehow they don't have HBO. And at this point, it's like, guys, spring for the HBO, okay? There are so many good shows on HBO if I had the chance to do something with or for or nearby or adjacent to HBO, I would literally go slaughter a lamb to do it. HBO makes the best stuff. And they have this show that just was super groundbreaking the first season of The White Lotus. It became my favorite show. Um, the actors are incredible. The story is funny. Again, like sharp and dark and special. It all takes place at this hotel resort in Hawaii. 
um, and all the, it's just amazing. It's amazing. It's six episodes and what a journey you go on. And then there's a second season that just finished. I believe the last episode just aired this most recent Sunday. We finished everything. And yeah, again, a great cast. Very different story from the first one. It's anthology, so the, there's only one returning character out of the entire ensemble cast. Uh, but she has a kind of a finishing through line from the first season um, that makes sense and really works well for her. And uh, all, all of the... Both of the seasons uh, revolve around, uh, you know, each season has their own sort of individual mysterious um, dead body. And you kind of work your way back from there. There's like the big and this isn't spoiling anything. It's what the show is about. But like, you know, the very first episode of each series introduces you to some dead body and you spend the whole show trying to figure out. Um, who did it? It, it kind of reminds me a little bit of what people get out of Knives Out or Glass Onion, except I didn't really like Knives Out, and I don't know that I'm going to watch Glass Onion, although I do like Kate Hudson and Daniel Craig, but um, actually, I don't know why I like Kate Hudson. She hasn't done, I, I guess I have this crush on her since uh, Almost Famous, like Almost Famous is one of my favorite movies of all time, and we rewatched it not too long ago. It's still so good. It still holds up so well. The music is great. I cried. Not many movies really actually make me cry. It's such a good movie. Um, anyway, um, but Kate Hudson's in Glass Onion. And the point is, it's about murder mystery. But White Lotus isn't really murder mystery. It's a comedy about an ensemble of people. And sometimes it's about like class or about wealth or about power. And um, it's just really amazing. It's two, and the second season is seven episodes. Um, all of them are about an hour long. It's very good, very fun watch. Really big recommend. Um, again, the first season's perfect. It's kind of like the Stranger Things effect where season one is like indescribably perfect and like became a phenomenon worldwide. Same for like White Lotus. And then they made more. And although good and a lot of people watched them and a lot of people love them and everything's cool, it's different enough to still not be as amazing as the first season, but still very good. And it has, a, it has its own cool things to offer. And um, then like a recommendation for the, for the people who, who have a, a little bit of a goofy sense of humor, like myself, um, there was a movie that came out in 2015 called Krampus. Krampus. And it has Adam Scott and Tony Collette, um, David Koechner, um, a few other pretty funny people. Um, and it's this horror comedy, which is a fine line and sometimes sucks. But if you come across the 2015 horror comedy Krampus, uh, you should watch it. It's very silly. It starts off normal enough. There's a family struggling at Christmas. They have um, some cousins and aunt and uncle visit that they don't get along with. And it's sort of a classic, um, you know, National Lampoon vacation situation. There's some drama in the house. The kids don't get along. Uh, it all ends up being around, like, believing in the power and the, and the majesty of Christmas. Uh, that's the basics. But um, this sort of fear of the you know the shadow of saint nicholas the the krampus monster um like comes to life in this movie in a really interesting way um 
and it ends up being like just a loud rambunctious comedy towards the last you know latter half or so it's like a big loud goofy comedy with a lot of action but the first half is really strong second half is loose and goofy if you're into that it doesn't bother me and then the ending is again like kind of an interesting sombering sort of like oh christmas Hmm, you better behave yourself you know um so very cool i like it and then just to uh throw it out there there are I mean this and this really isn't for everybody but there's two game uh two games I'm playing right now. Um one is a, a great gift from my friend Moritz, The Quarry. Uh, I'm pretty far into that. I don't think I have too much left to do on that. Um but it's a very cool sort of choose your own adventure goose like not goosebumps but was it goosebumps? Who made these I, I, maybe it was goosebumps that made the choose your own choose your own adventure books. I can't remember. Um, I remember when I was in high school, I used to read this choose your own adventure and it was like, you could die by a bear attack or by a snake bite, or you could like just narrowly escape something. And I almost always made the wrong decisions. And it seems that pattern continues on because I've died a lot, but, (laughs) uh, but it's cool. It's a very cool game. It's very, it's, it's very much like a movie. The CGI is really incredible. Like you see the pores of their skin and the sweat beads um, and you're watching a movie and then a decision comes sometimes very minute, sometimes extremely small and sometimes obviously much bigger decisions and they all change your path and you're playing as like seven different people. And the other game is Resident Evil 7, otherwise known as Biohazard. Um, I take breaks between them because they're such different games um, and Re- Resident Evil 7 is just so good um it's twisted it's horrifying it's action-packed it's um technical yeah you just uh you know if anyone's interested in games like that highly i recommend both and uh yeah i just wanted to get some recommendations out of the way um so i can also talk a little bit about what's going on work-wise because you know this is a show about it's supposed to be a show about creative people living abroad and how they manage that. So um, if you know the show, then you do you know that I've talked about before this um, television show that Ify and I worked on called Wrong on RTL Plus. And it's a comedy. It had a first season that came out in March of this year and it got really great reviews. The director, David Helmut, won. He actually won an award at sort of what you'd call like the German Emmys for the show which is really cool and my song played played him onto the stage that was cool basically watching the german emmys and is like and the winner for like best up-and-coming like newcomer talent whatever for wrong was david helmut and david helmut <laughs> and he he gets called up and he like kisses his girlfriend who's an actress on the show and goes up to um i feel like I feel like I just mentioned this show earlier in this episode and somehow because it's the next day I forgot, but forgive me. And he gets called up on the stage and starts going up and my song, the title song of the show, like, I haven't seen you in a while, plays and that was cool. Um, anyway, uh, this show, <laughs> God, uh, had a, you know, they had a second season that uh, Ify was writing on uh, in the spring of this year when we were visiting my family. And now they've shot that. And I I talked about, I did an episode or two of this podcast where I went to Hamburg to shoot 
on one of the episodes. Uh, now I've seen that episode. I am just a blip on the radar of that show. <laughs> it's very funny how little I'm in that show after all the work and stuff it went into get there, but it's funny. And um, it actually is really funny. Uh, but we, so the show um, obviously is finished now. And what they're doing is they're putting in some new music. So that's where your boy comes in. So now we have um, a couple of different things happening this week. One is that some of the episodes of this season are themed. So for example, the one episode that I acted in uh, is sort of the theme is sort of like a one take uh, or in the business we call that a oneer. Uh, an example of, of a oneer is basically like a lot of different locations or scenes or points of action that are filmed without ever cutting the camera. So maybe if you think about Goodfellas, when Ray Liotta first takes his date to that uh, singing lounge, I forgot the name, uh, he enters from the street into like this back alley door and you follow him all the way down the steps and through the kitchen and into the hallways and behind the curtains and into the main room and down all the way to the table and they put him right at the front by the stage and that whole thing is like four minutes or five minutes, no cutting. That's a wonder. And uh, so the theme of the episode that I acted in was a wonder, and it's supposed to, it's not actually a wonder, but it's shot to appear as one. Um, so they have a lot of cool staging and blocking that was probably really difficult to pull off. And then another theme is uh, horror, actually. I haven't seen, well, I have seen part of this episode, but I haven't seen um, enough to really know what happens. But I've seen the intro because the thing is, they are doing, um, they want like a horror version of the title song. Uh, so sort of a twist on Smilin', the, the version for the show. And uh, that's really fun for me. That's really cool. That's, that's what I've been working on recently is sort of doing a couple of different versions. And I'm excited to see which one they take. I really hope that they like, I've got two ideas now. They're pretty different from each other. And I'm really curious which one they take. So, you know, we have a meeting to talk about the title, the new title song soon. That's due pretty soon. And the other work is that um, in this one take episode, uh, David wants to have, if you've ever seen the Michael Keaton movie that won Best Picture, Birdman, there is sort of a, a pulse of jazz drums throughout the movie. And that was the soundtrack for the whole movie was just drums. And I, he kind of wants that. So me... Um, creating some drums as like a, a beating pulse throughout the episode. I'm a little nervous to have this meeting with him about this because he can't, I mean, like I've said before, he's spontaneously reckless. And um, I don't know, what is it like? Does say spontaneously? No, he's uh, recklessly spontaneous. That's what I mean. He's recklessly spontaneous. But maybe that's what I said. Anyway, and... Um, I know he originally like wanted to go to a studio with like a screen, a screening of the episode and like record everything like live in the moment with direction. And I was like, uh, I don't want to do that. And I said, how about we go to your house and I bring my keyboard and we, we play around with some of the directions that you're thinking of, like what angle and what style you're thinking of. I can pad them out on the keyboard and if you like this or you like that, then I'll save the little drafts and then I'll go record on my own and send you the files. 
And he was like, yeah, that works. <laughs> so we're meeting for that too. Um, so that's cool. New, new music means new work, means more money, uh, means more opportunities to put things on the show, which I love the show. So that's really fun. So we got a scary song and some drums that we're going to put out uh, for the next season. I guess it's going to come out February, I'm guessing. Um, and then, yeah, we have the updates with Magnus. I think I talked in the last episode in that little fresh intro that, um, we are, uh, we've, we've gone forward Magnus and I from, from the record label. Um, I've sent him all my stuff, the, the, the mastered waves of the music, the codes, the metadata, the artwork, um, the lyrics, the production information, uh, basically everything that he would need to re-release and redistribute these songs uh, through Idol, which is the distribution company he works with. And yeah, we're going to basically just put everything into the system, get it all ready to go. And then I think he said January 16th, we will do an official announcement. So hush, hush for now. Um but that sounds cool. And then, yeah, I guess finally what I wanted to talk about today was something really interesting is happening on my social media channels. And I don't want to jinx it because I don't want it to, I don't want it to stop. I don't want it to go away. But I've all of a sudden had quite a huge wave on Instagram. Um, so for the past couple of years now I've had a TikTok channel that has always done significantly better than all my other channels together. Um, much better natural response to my videos, more interaction, more comments, more views, um, more followers, everything. Much, 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 much more interaction. And um, like some videos have like one of them has like 3.7 million views or something. So very, very good, successful channel. Very happy with it. And we're almost at 70,000, which is very cool. And Instagram has always been what I've, I've always considered that the odds are against you on Instagram. If you're a content creator trying to build a following, um, I think there was an era where YouTube was the best place to be. And I think that's coming back around, actually. Uh, and, you know, as of now, still TikTok is the best one. Uh, it gives the most interaction, the most um, the most return but interestingly enough, so I've done these videos about German words and expressions for a long time now. I guess as long as I've had TikTok. And I always try to find the most interesting, most diverse, most funny um, phrases and words to choose from to talk about because, you know, you don't want to just talk about the basic grammar. That's not, that's not really interesting enough. And a few weeks ago... A friend of mine from Munich, um, she used to run this local magazine that I did some music. Um, I did uh, like a performance for once. So we know each other through sort of the music scene here. Uh, she asked me if I had ever done a video on a very simple German word that is not so exciting and almost means basically, you know, it's just a standard German term, which is Feierabend. And Feierabend is like, Abend is evening, or like late afternoon, and Feier is like party or celebration. And all it means is that it's the end of the workday. So like if you're saying I'm taking Feierabend, or like it is Feierabend, it's like, it's, it's a term that, you know, like direct translation 
says, you know, celebration evening, which, you know, it's not even that funny. But it just means like the, the working day is over. And sometimes you combine it with the, you're like, oh, let's have a fire oven beer. Let's have an end of working day beer. And she said, she asked if I'd ever covered that before. And, and my first thought was like, well, no, because it's not so interesting. Um, and for a long time, my Instagram had been extremely stagnant, like no growth at all. The same exact, you know, basic level of response to every video. It was just sort of flat. And then all of a sudden I thought, okay, she asked, whatever, she's cool. I'll make something funny out of it. So I did a video on Faya Abend and it has become my number one most popular video on my Instagram ever. Um, it's at like almost, I think it's around like 700,000 views, which is absolutely insane for me on there. Um, my follower count has more than doubled in the last few weeks. And I'm so scared that like any second, it's just going to stop and be stagnant again. Um, the view count of every video that I've done since then has been like quadruple the amount from the original before that video. It's unbelievable to me. It's crazy. And there's a picture on, if you, on your Instagram channel. Um, when you look at your own profile, there's a little information bar that you can look at your insights and your analytics to see like who's watching your stuff and where are they based and how old are they? And there's one of them that says how many um, accounts, like different people that don't follow you, how many new eyes have seen your content or your profile in the last 30 days. And on Instagram alone in the past 30 days, organically, with no money put into it, just because of this one video, my account has been seen by over a million people. Over a million people. It's crazy to me that that is even a possibility. How does that work? How does one video about a, a word that I didn't even find interesting become so popular? I get, I'm getting tagged in Instagram stories every day by strangers who post and share it. And it's keeping track of like where it's going and, and, and how it's doing. And I mean, any day now, I know this, any day now, it could, it could even have started this morning, any day this will slow and this will stop. It is the process of social media. It's very addictive and it's very rewarding, but for a short time and then it goes down. And then you're always kind of hunting more and more for that, for that hit, uh, the dopamine of like followers and, and stuff. Um, but it's really... <laughs> It's really cool. I'm really grateful. You know, I put a lot of work into making those videos and I, I do, I, you know, I post something every single day, seven days a week. And I really can't, I really don't miss a single drop. And it's crazy for me that um, it's just funny. You know, like it's just funny that you do one video that you just don't care about and then it does that. You just never know. That's the, that's also the dangerous game of social media is you really just never know. Never know what's going to happen. You never know what's going to go viral. So you can never really predict it or, or do more or be better. It's wild. Um, I'll leave you with that, guys. Um, maybe you can figure that part out for me. But let me just make sure I talked about everything. The new songs for Wrong, Magnus, Triangle of Sadness, The New House, and at the time, I was like, oh, Christmas time is approaching. But I don't really have too much to say about that. Everyone knows Christmas is approaching. Every commercial on YouTube or TV or 
on your phone tells you the same thing. Christmas time is approaching. Make sure to get your loved ones a brand new upper deck belt sander from Lowe's. Uh, anyway, guys, if you enjoyed this sh- this episode or if you've enjoyed the show um, at all, you know the drill. It really helps if you go to Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to the show and you give us a rating or a review or a comment or if you just share it on Facebook if you want to or share it online somehow or if you just tell a friend that you listen to it and you enjoy the show. It really helps. You know, it actually affects the algorithm of these podcast platforms to help show it to new people, much like this Fire Abend video, you know, people shared it so much that it exposed my channel to a million new people. Um, but it doesn't mean the same thing is going to work for the podcast. We got to put our, put our, you know, put the elbow grease into it and really, really work on it. So please do that. If you enjoy the show, if you support the show, make sure to share it or leave a rating review or comment. Um, the social media channels for this podcast are in the show notes. If you're listening to this on Apple podcast or anywhere else. And yeah, as always, thank you so much for listening. It means a lot to me and I hope you are doing well and I love you all. And I will be back next week. Artsy Fartsy Immigrants, ein Podcast von John Prince und Moritz Badscheider, produziert für M94.5.